0: This message comes from NPR sponsor Progressive, and it's name your price tool. Say how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show coverage options within your budget. Visit progressive.com, Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Gregory Warner here to tell you about NPR's new international podcast. It's called Rough Translation. Each week, we're going to take you to a different country to hear a story that reflects back on something that we are talking about here in the United States. Maybe get a perspective shift. Travel with us. Rough Translation is on NPR One or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Hey, we recorded this episode with Penn Gillette in Phoenix, Arizona. It was a great show, and you're going to hear puzzle guru Art Chung make a controversial call that sent one contestant packing. But keep listening at the end of the show to hear Art's explanation of his decision.
2: Warning, this podcast uses some unsavory language. Please be advised. Hey, Jonathan. Yeah.
1: We're on the road in Phoenix. I know. So you know what that means. Yeah.
2: Time Time Zone Zone Quiz! quiz. It's very Uh, exciting.
1: Okay, so if it's noon in New York, what time is it in Illinois? 11 a.m. That is right. What time is it in California? 9 a.m. Exactly. And what time is it in Arizona?
2: No one knows, but it's a dry heat. (laughs) From NPR and WNYC, coming to you from the Orpheum Theater in Phoenix, Arizona... It's NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia, Ask Me Another. I'm Jonathan Colton. Now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Thank you,
1: Jonathan. It's great to be here in Phoenix, Arizona, and we have four brilliant contestants backstage organizing a carpool back to Tucson. But only one will be our big winner. And our special guest is one half of the legendary comedy magic duo Penn & Teller, it's Penn Gillette. Our first game is for those of you who love clickbait headlines, like Faith in Humanity Restored 2, inspiring contestants risk it all in a game about history. Let's click on them. First up, Ashley Whipple on buzzer number one. You are a food blogger and cookbook author. Welcome. Hi, thanks. And your opponent is Cole Eskridge on buzzer number two. You work at an office of digital learning at the University of Arizona.
3: Yes, I do. (laughs) Welcome.
1: The first of you who wins two of our games will move on to the final round at the end of the show. Let's start with a trivia game called Clickbait History. Many people don't like learning about history, but they do like reading BuzzFeed articles about kittens.
2: (laughs) To get more people interested in history, we have written clickbait-style headlines for important historical events. So just buzz in to identify the event that we are talking about. Here we go.
1: You had one job. Watch these Wall Street bozos' epic 1929 fail video. Cool.
3: Uh, The Great Depression? Yeah, that is
1: correct. The Great Depression. There was a lot of LOLing in the uh, 20s. Yeah,
2: they L'd way O-L <laughs> they in did. the 20s.
1: And then they had no jobs. That's right.
2: Are you an observant Catholic loyal to the throne? Answer these questions under extreme duress to find out.
3: Cole. The Spanish Inquisition. You got it.
1: Oh, no, they didn't. You won't believe what these 56 colonists just signed.
3: Cool. The signing of the Declaration of Independence.
1: That is correct. And then that crazy gang of misfits went on to start a country. (laughs) (laughs) On July 20th, 1969, two guys used this one weird trick to cut their weight by 83%.
3: Cool. Uh, The landing on the moon. That is
1: correct. Correct. The first 10 pounds are water weight, just so you know. In
2: 1989, these people thought they were vandalizing a wall. What they really did? Germany will never be the same. Cole. Uh, The tumbling of the Berlin Wall. That's correct.
1: (laughs) Germany will never be the same. That's been said a few times. Um, This... What, too soon? What's the problem? (laughs) This is your last clue. Trend alert. Arts, sciences, and humanities way up after centuries of garbage. Ashley.
4: Oh. I was not expecting that to work.
2: Okay.
4: <laughs> <laughs> so. So how's
1: so the, uh... answers.
2: <laughs> answers, answers, answers. Let's see. Right?
4: So Da-da-da. there was the dark ages. We're not looking for that. No. Um, and then.
1: Um, there's. Right there's uh Fairs Puzzler Archung would you like to
5: give a uh, <laughs> a hint We want you to get this it's sort of like a rebirth of our uh, arts and sciences
4: Oh the renaissance yes yeah. indeed yeah.
5: <laughs> Puzzler Archung how did our contestants do Cole was a little bit faster on the buzzer congratulations Cole you're one step closer to the final round
1: Synchronize your watches. We're about to play an audio quiz based on Arizona's loose relationship with time. <laughs> but first, let's check in with our contestants. Ashley, you're not only a baker, but you got a book deal. Yes. From that blog. So, what is the recipe, or was there one thing that got you this book deal?
4: There was. So, the recipe book is all rice krispie treats. Oh, really? And, yeah. And so how I many, made.
1: How many pages well, is that?
4: Well, it's a hundred recipes. What? So, yeah. It's a lot of Rice Krispies. Yeah. Yeah. So um, they're little ice cream cones, and then the Rice Krispie treats are like the scoop on top, and there's like sprinkles and frosting, so it looks just like an ice cream cone.
1: Okay. So are are any of them savory Rice Krispie
4: treats? Yeah. I've got um, like bacon and maple. That's probably the most savory is the bacon.
1: Yeah. Do you ever like just say have roast beef with a little side of Rice Krispie? No. No. Not so much. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm just creating with you. If you could, Yeah, yeah, very good. Cole, you work at the University of Arizona, where you help professors use technology in the classroom. Yes, I do. Okay, so what piece of technology do you think is the the most helpful for learning? And Rimbles. teaching,
3: uh, I would probably say uh, just a really well thought out PowerPoint. Honestly, really? it's something that's really universal that can be designed. Everybody can access it if it's presented well, uh, and it's uh, pretty familiar to people, so it doesn't have a really steep learning curve associated with it. Mm-hmm. So
1: I like it. I like the way you presented that. <laughs> <laughs> now, what would you say, like two hundred plus slides
3: or ten? Oh, goodness. I, I always say the less the instructor is saying and the more that the people in the room are talking, that that's a that's successful you're class. Yeah.
1: That's when you're learning. Very good. Okay. So fun fact. Arizona does not recognize daylight saving time. So, That's right.
2: They're pretty smug about it, Yeah, too. it's
1: real time here. So we have an audio quiz called Daylight Saving Time Travel. We're going to play you a clip from a famous work involving time travel. You have to buzz in and identify the work. Okay, cool. You won the last game, so win this. You'll go to the final round. Ashley, you need to win this, or you'll have to come over to my house and reset the clock on my car radio, (laughs) my microwave, my coffee maker, my VCR. Yes, I have one. And a travel cuckoo clock. Got it. Here's your first clip.
4: So look, I came back to 1955 again with you, the you from 1985, because we had to get a book from Biff. So once I got a book back, you, that is the you from 1985, we're in the DeLorean, and I got struck by lightning, and you got sent back
6: to 1885.
1: 1885!
3: Cool. I believe that's Back to the Future.
1: Sure. In this world, you have to be a little bit more specific.
3: Back to the Future 2?
1: No! <laughs> <laughs>
4: sorry. Ashley, can you steal? (laughs) I'm going to go ahead and say Back to the Future 1, the original. Oh, no. (laughs) I mean, it's okay
1: that you weren't aware that all of the intricacies of Back to the Future Part 3. But yeah, that is where that is from. Partially filmed in Arizona. All right, here's your next one.
7: I don't know why I did the things I did. I don't know why I said the things I said.
3: Cool. I believe that shares, if I could turn back time.
1: Yes, it is. <laughs> Share the closest thing we have to a time traveler. <laughs> <laughs> This is from a TV show starring Carrie Russell.
8: No, the time travel spell does work. That's why I'm here. I've already done all of this. I've, I've been a senior. I've already graduated. The reason all of this happened was I found out my boyfriend cheated on me and my friend Megan did your spell so I could come back here and be with this other guy, this really great guy who I always wanted to be with.
3: Cool. Is that Felicity?
1: Why, it is Felicity. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. All right, this is a song from a video game series that features time travel.
3: Cool. That'd be The Legend of Zelda. That is correct. Cool, are you a fan? Oh, very much so.
1: Yeah? (laughs) Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's the best video game of all time?
3: I'd certainly say no video game has made me cry except for Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess. So, <laughs> I'm trying
1: to think what would make me cry in a video game. Like, my brother appears at a car- as a character and apologizes? Like, I don't know.
2: <laughs> that would be an amazing video game. Super specific. Ophira's brother's apology?
1: <laughs> yeah the first person uh, shooting the legend of <laughs> <laughs> don't worry he's not listening <laughs> see if you can guess this movie adapted from a best selling book published in 2003
5: he tells me that he's a time traveler you know because he travels through
4: time and did you believe him um
5: Not until he disappeared right in front of me, you know, like he just disappeared.
3: Cool. Is that the time traveler's wife?
1: Yes. (laughs) That is correct. All right, we have a couple more
3: for you. Here is a PBS throwback. Jacqueline Hyde just stole something from the past. You've got 28 minutes to get it back or history will change forever. Initiate chrono skimmer launch sequence. Boot up the chrono computer. Cool. That is the greatest game show ever made, Where in Time is Carmen San Diego.
1: Yeah. All right. Where in the world is Carmen San Diego? I'm familiar with. This next version, Where in Time is Carmen San Diego. Why didn't they just call it When is Carmen San Diego? <laughs> <laughs> All right, this is your last clue. You may have spent six years of your life on this one.
0: We have to go back, Kate. We have to go
2: back.
1: Ashley.
7: Lost? Yeah,
1: that's right.
2: Yes.
3: Loss. <laughs> I'm going!
5: Puzzakur Archung, how did our contestants do? Cole, you won both games and you're moving on to the final round. Congratulations.
1: Coming up, we'll find out who will face off against Cole in our final round at the end of the show. And I'll interview one half of the comedy magic duo, Penn and Teller. Let's hope we book the one who talks. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR.
0: This message comes from NPR sponsor, Bluehost. Try Bluehost Cloud, the hosting plan made for WordPress creators by WordPress experts. With 100% uptime, fast load times, and 24-7 support, your sites can handle high traffic spikes. Visit Bluehost.com.
6: This message comes from NPR sponsor Shopify, the global commerce platform that helps you sell and show up exactly the way you want to. Customize your online store to your style. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Proven Winners Color Choice Shrubs, offering flowering shrubs and evergreens, trialed and tested by expert horticulturists for 8 to 10 years to ensure a beautiful, high-performance display in the landscape or garden. All it takes is a bit of TLC to transform a dull yard into one that's full of color, texture, and life. Available in the distinctive white containers at garden centers nationwide. Or discover the possibilities at provenwinnerscolorchoice.com NPR.
2: This is Ask Me Another, NPR's Hour of Puzzles, Word Games, and Trivia, coming to you from the Orpheum Theater in Phoenix, Arizona. I'm Jonathan Colton with Puzzle Guru Art Chung. Now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Thank you, Jonathan. It's
1: time to welcome our special guest. He's one half of the legendary comedy magic duo Penn and Teller, whose show at the Rio Hotel and Casino is the longest running headliner show in Las Vegas. Please welcome Penn Gillette. Uh, welcome to Ask Me Another.
9: I'm so glad to be here.
1: Thrilled. I love magic. Uh, but I have learned... That's one of us. Yeah, through interviews that you, you hate magic. Well,
9: I would, never was fond of it. No, I never was fond of it. But I, 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 got, I wasn't talented enough to do music. So let me ask you this. Do you want to compete with Bob Dylan or Doug Henning? <laughs> what, which one do you want to go one-on-one with? Right.
1: So, you know, when I read that you hate magic, it actually made sense to me in a way because one of the things that I love about your show is that you tend to pull the curtain away from the mystery of magic, and you like to let people in. You don't even like the word illusion or, well, or... illusion
9: can be a term of art. Yeah. I mean, illusion, uh, if you want to be careful about it, is something that looks one way because of usually optics. So it's a mirror thing or something. We don't do many of those. We do tricks. Tricks. Which I think are um, actually more sophisticated and intellectual than illusions, which is just gluing two front surface mirrors together, at 45-degree angles, and then the sides look like the back. And you're done. (laughs) But
1: tricks involve skill and practice and... uh, Lying. And lying. (laughs) A lot of lying. Yeah. When you perform as Penn and Teller, you do all the talking and Teller is silent the entire time. So why doesn't Teller speak?
9: I take no credit for that. Uh, It actually predates me working with Teller. Uh, Teller worked his way through college... Uh, doing magic at frat parties. And I've forgotten what level of Dante's hell that is, but it's real (laughs) close to the center. And uh, Teller uh, discovered that if he did kind of morbid and bothersome stuff, uh, people would grow tired of heckling him if he said nothing back. And I uh, I was, uh, you know, uh, I guess the word is homeless, but I was traveling around uh, the country, and I found myself wanting to be louder and more aggressive. So we worked first worked together. We were two separate acts of the same bill. And in order to work together, we had to keep the integrity of the two acts. So Teller just was staying silent so his other stuff. The other material would work. And we just found stuff that seemed really nice about that. And uh, Teller and I discovered that with... Teller not talking, we could do essentially a one-person show done by two people and both face out. And the proof of that is that during our 90-minute show in Vegas, I make eye contact with Teller twice and only because I have to. Only because it's in the script. I mean, the crew backstage laughs and we don't even see each other. You know, we, one of us will, like, change our appearance, you know. And then after the show, you know, the other one will go, huh, did he did he change something? Because we don't, we don't even see each other. It's not like, you know, you're looking at me, I'm looking at you. Sure. Penn and tell them we don't do that. We'll just be like this, straight out. And that's it.
1: But you guys like hanging out with each other, right?
9: No. Okay. Um, most teams... Uh, start out as love affairs. I mean, uh, certainly Lennon-McCartney, certainly uh, Martin and Lewis. And Teller and I never felt that. I thought I could do better stuff with Teller than I could do alone professionally, and Teller felt the, the reciprocal. And uh, we, uh, we wanted to work together, but there was no sort of affection. And I think that's one of the reasons we've been together so long, is it mm-hmm. turns out that respect is more useful than affection. Mm-hmm. And uh, we are together... 40, 50 right. hours a week. It's like if I go out with Teller after a show, well, what'd you do today? The same thing you did. <laughs>
1: right. Exactly. Now, I know that you did not go to college and you were just talking a little bit. I uh, went
9: to Ringley Brothers Barn and built the greatest show on earth Clown College.
1: Okay, Clown College. So, I did. So, did you have a, a.
9: I can take a slap anytime <laughs> you want.
1: I'm ready. <laughs> what is your clown name? Do you have a clown name?
9: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> No, I actually didn't. I didn't. I was a very, very, very bad clown. Um, (laughs) I had to be... That sounds like the best clown, a bad clown. I was in remedial makeup, uh, and they let me in because I was a very, very good juggler. But I found that every time I would get even the slightest laugh, it was always verbal... And not physical. And uh, I'm not much of a uh, physical comedian. Even when studying it and working on it, I just couldn't develop the skills. Is a question where the clowns are ever funny, but this one certainly wasn't. <laughs> I want to talk
1: about uh, some of your television series. On Showtime, I loved the series. Uh, the name we will use on our show is BS.
9: I'll tell you. Uh, I don't know whose idea it was. At least I do. It's mine. Uh, when you have the stupid idea of giving your show a name with an obscenity in it? When you become a very successful show on Showtime, they call you up and say, love to do billboards, guys, but we just can't. We're not doing the ads. And also, we were nominated for, I think, at least three Emmys, and they just simply did not want anyone to open an envelope and go, and the winner is bullshit. Just because it's true, (laughs) it would be true every time.
1: Right, right. It was yeah, that, that's like basically the premise of the show. A simple is statement that. of fact oh, fantastic. Yeah. yeah, so if you missed it, um BS was all about debunking commonly held beliefs. Mm-hmm. Uh, which one was the most gratifying or
9: one of the hardest ones, one of the first ones we did Talking to the Dead and we did it um right after my mom died, and we started writing the show kind of saying isn't it silly that these people talk to the dead? And then as we got to doing it, all of a sudden it got wicked real, you know? And all of a sudden I went, wow, they really are exploiting grief. Imagine if someone took these memories of my mom, which is all I have of her now, and distorted them in order to feel a little power and make some money. So that one was a really important emotional show to me. And one of the things we did on uh, on BS that I'm really proud of is we tried to um, – Always attack ideas and not the people. Right now, there are exceptions to that that I'm not proud of. But what we would always do, and people got mad at us for this, is people that were on our side because we agreed with them completely and were friends of ours, we'd use that opportunity to rip them apart, <laughs> and then be really nice to the people who were wrong.
1: And your recent television series, uh, "Penn and Teller Fool Us," where which
9: med- abbreviates to FU, by the way. <laughs> there, there is a pattern here.
1: Just. A- So, magicians come on the show in front of a a live audience and perform for you, and you have to try to figure out how their tricks are done. So, how does it feel to be fooled? It's
9: the best feeling in the world. You don't get into magic because you want to fool people. You get into magic because you want to be fooled, and then you keep chasing that first high. So, backstage in the green room, uh, tell and I would sit back there, magicians would come back and go, uh, guys, have you... um Have you seen this? And they'd do a trick for us, and they'd be like a moment. And then uh, Teller would say, uh, yeah, real nice version of that. (laughs) Right. And there'd be like a nice smile. Or Teller and I would both go, whoa. And uh, we just thought that letting other people see that. You know, you can't prove to people that there's no camera tricks on a a magic show on TV. So uh, when you see Fool Us, because we're there and we're seeing it once, you know that it's not just from one angle, and you know that it's also live. You know? So the competition is only there to verify that these are really wonderful magicians doing a great job.
1: Right, and to give stakes. You need stakes and some sort yeah, of... Yeah,
9: kind of, although uh, everybody knows everything. You know what I mean? Right. They will know two-thirds of the way through whether they fool us or not.
1: And do you find out how the tricks that fool you are done?
9: Uh, There's no formal way of that, but I'll tell you, as soon as we finish, the guy runs to our seats and goes, yeah, it was was a double face card and a rough smooth. I was so sure you were going to bust me. It's just a double-facer. And we go, double-face? Yours? double-face, of course. You know, that's the way it works. Right. Except for one guy, he fooled us and then wrote us emails for weeks afterwards going, huh, you didn't have any idea, did you? (laughs) Huh. (laughs) Kind of got you there, didn't I? Kind of got you. Would you like to know? I'm not going to tell you. Maybe I will later. But most people, because you're jacked up on the show and right. out of your mind, you run over and go, I tell you everything. Right, right, By the way, I'm having an affair. You know, they just, <laughs> everything. Just, just all their secrets they totally. have.
1: Totally. <laughs> all right. So, Pendula, we've written a magic history quiz for uh, you. Germany. And if you do well enough, our listener, Scott Weiss, from Walkersville, Maryland, will win an Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube.
9: I'm going to cop one anyway and send it to him. (laughs) Great. Perfect. If you don't think I can steal a Rubik's Cube.
2: (laughs) Amateur magician and vaudeville performer Jack Norworth didn't make it big in magic, but he did in songwriting. What song did he write, which is sung by millions of Americans each year? Was it A, the national anthem? (laughs) Good. B, happy birthday to you? No. Or C, Take me out to the ball game.
9: Take me out to the ball game. That is correct.
1: Dorothy Dietrich is believed to be the only female magician to have performed what trick considered to be the deadliest illusion in magic? Oh, bullet catch? Yes, the bullet catch is. But was it a multiple choice? It was, but I didn't think you needed it. Oh, yeah, bullet catch. That's right, bullet catch specifically in the mouth. Why are there not more female magicians?
9: Uh, you know, I think there are going to be. I believe it has to do with the same reason you didn't have women come. I mean, obviously, Joan Rivers, is Diller, and yeah. so on. But why that was more difficult. One reason is we didn't let them. I mean, women were not welcomed in magic clubs. That's one whole awful reason. Sure. But there's also uh, there's a kind of um, I know this and you don't type... Uh, Attitude that in our culture mm. is not associated with, uh, with female gender. And uh, as Jerry Seinfeld says, all magic is, here's a quarter, now it's gone, you're a jerk, now it's back, you're an idiot, show's <laughs> over. And um, <laughs> magic is just a formal form of mansplaining. Um, and...
2: Uh, <laughs>
1: Now, I think it would be fun as a female magician to saw a man in half. Right? But lengthwise. We had a woman.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, lengthwise is the way to go. And I know what end you're starting at. Houdini took his name from a 19th century magician whose name is... Yes. The father of modern conjuring. One of his tricks involved a box placed on stage. It was very easy to lift for a child volunteer. But impossible to lift for an adult. How did he do it?
9: Oh, this is so we have a this is a light heavy box. We have a bit in our show all about this. it was done with electromagnets. Oop I gave it away. Oh geez, that pen and teller thing.
2: That is correct. Electromagnets is correct.
1: Okay, this is your last question. In 1975, Prince
9: Charles Cups and Balls. Magic Circle. Okay, go ahead. That is correct.
1: Archong, how did our special guest do (laughs) at his quiz?
5: Congratulations, Penn. You and listener Scott Weiss have both won Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube. Penn Jillette's New York
1: Times bestseller, Presto, comes out in paperback on June 6th, and Penn & Teller Fool Us airs on Mondays on The CW. Everyone give it up one more time for Penn Jillette. (laughs) Next, we'll play a game based on our favorite prefix, re. What's your favorite prefix? Please let us know on Facebook or Twitter. Let's meet our next two contestants. First up, Shoshana Simons on buzzer number one. Hello. Hi. You're a wish manager at Make-A-Wish Foundation. Welcome. Your opponent is Freya Mehta on buzzer number two. Hello. You're a senior at Arizona State, studying molecular biology and chemical engineering. I am. Welcome. Shoshana, you work at Make-A-Wish. Is there a wish that you've granted that was
7: particularly memorable? Um, It would have to be, I wish to hug a penguin. Oh. We had a wish kid who told us that he dreamed about hugging penguins. His whole room was decorated in penguins. So I asked him, you know, well, what do you think that'll be like? Oh, it's going to be soft and fluffy. So I was like, I hate to break it to you, but it'll be like hugging a fish. (laughs) But he did it and he loved it. He he hugged the penguin? He actually stole a kiss as well. Ah,
1: That sounds great. Freya, you received a Fulbright Research Grant, but it's to work in a lab in the Netherlands on developing lab-grown meat...
8: Indeed. Would, would you eat lab-grown meat, Ophira?
1: I mean, if someone said, eat this lab-grown meat, I'd, pro- I'd try a little bit, but it, it does sound disgusting. We're, uh, we're working on that. Okay. <laughs> and we are growing meat in a lab
8: to try to stop basically slaughtering animals. Is that the idea? Yeah, so I mean, meat consumption's pretty bad for the environment. Yeah, pretty bad for animals. Um, so that's like, the potential to sort of like change the the landscape of like resource consumption and um, food security. And also, you have sort of this mad science aspect. So like, if we're growing stuff in a lab, can we grow like a meat no one's ever had before? What if it's super tasty?
1: Yeah, that's how it goes. A meat we've <laughs> never had before. You're like, let's grow a meat product that I can like hang out with and be friendly with. And that's what's gonna happen. Okay. Remember, Shoshana and Freya, the first of you who wins two of our games will move to the final round at the end of the show. Let's go to your first game. Your first game is a word game called rinse, peat, repeat. When the prefix re, as an R-E, comes before a word, it usually means that you're doing something over again, like rewrite or reorder. But in this game, we've invented alternative definitions
5: for words that start with re. Let's go to our puzzle guru, Art Chung, for an example. If we said... I give up trying to write my name at the bottom of this letter. You would say resign or resign. Get it?
1: <laughs> Let's go. Here's your first one. I absolutely will not put a new circuit breaker in the house. Shoshana. Refuse. Refuse is correct. Yeah.
2: Let's go over what happened. Your hat fell off, so you put it back on, right? Freya. Recap. Recap is correct.
1: I didn't mean to jump back like that, but you scared me when you said we needed to put new springs in the mattress. Shoshana.
7: Recoil. Recoil is correct,
1: yes. Yes.
2: I can fix both of these bad relationships. You should be in a couple with him instead, and she should be in a couple with that other guy.
7: Your voice is so soothing, oh. but I can't... Oh, that, yes, I know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you yeah, my distractingly soothing voice. Yeah, you fall asleep before the clue's over. I know. Uh, somebody buzzed Freya. in. Who was it? Freya.
8: Is it repair?
2: It is repair. That's right.
1: (laughs) I'm going to make this right. Put your clothes back on. (laughs) Shoshana. Redress. Yeah, that's right.
2: This is your last clue. They just let me out of prison, and now I can rent my apartment for another year. (laughs) Freya. Release. That's right.
5: Archung, how did our contestants do? It's a tie. Oh boy! Here's your tiebreaker. I've got my energy back. Let's get back out there and rack up some expenses on my Amex.
7: Recharge.
5: That's right, Shoshana. Well done. You're one step closer to moving on to the final round. If it was excruciating for you to pick your favorite prefix,
1: you should be a contestant on our show. Go to amatickets.org. Coming up, we'll meet a mystery guest who's from Phoenix. All I've been told is that it's not Alice Cooper. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR.
0: This message comes from NPR sponsor, VCU Massey Comprehensive Cancer Center, who, as an NCI-designated Comprehensive Cancer Center in the country's top 4%, is unconditionally committed to keeping loved ones in their lives. MasseyCancerCenter.org slash comprehensive.
6: This message comes from NPR sponsor, Mattress Firm. Do you get the quality sleep you need? Mattress Firm will find you the right bed for your best rest with their wide selection of quality mattresses at every price. Get matched at Mattress Firm's Memorial Day Sale. Sleep at night. This message comes from NPR sponsor KeyBank. At KeyBank, they believe in delivering for their clients. Whatever the economic turn, KeyBank is primed to collaborate and help create solutions tailored to your ideas and your vision. With nearly 200 years of banking experience, they know a lot about being a trusted advisor. And whether you're managing growth, seeking solutions, or improving your bottom line, KeyBank is ready to be yours. KeyBank opens doors. Learn more at key.com slash advisor.
2: This is NPR's Ask Me Another, coming to you from the Orpheum Theater in Phoenix, Arizona. I'm Jonathan Colton with Puzzle Guru Art Chung. Now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg.
1: Thank you, Jonathan. Before the break, we met our contestants, Shoshana and Freya. Soon, I'll slow dance with Jonathan Colton at the music parody prom of my dreams. Keep your hands on my waist. Yes, but of course. first, let's check in with our contestants. Shoshana, from the ages 9 to
7: 15, you went to a circus camp run by hippies? Yes, actually run by Wavy Gravy, so uh, a very famous hippie, he emceed Woodstock. Oh yeah, okay, so uh, what did you learn? Um, I learned nothing particularly well. (laughs) Uh, I can do a little bit of trapeze, a little bit of tightrope. I'm pretty good at throwing together a ridiculous costume. Uh, I can get on stage and be ridiculous and and not fear the consequences.
1: Yeah, that's an art, that is an art. Freya, you once did a faceplant into the Declaration of Independence. Do you want to give a couple more details about that?
8: The most patriotic moment of my life. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was I was there with the school group, and uh, I was like 15, and um, someone had pointed out that there were sensors embedded in the glass. They might have just been lights, but uh, I, I was convinced New National Treasure would come out. So uh, I, I turned my head to look at them and sort of bend down, and I misjudged the distance. So I just face first into this really important document and the security guards were like baffled they'd probably never seen something like that before <laughs> usually they go for the hands not the nose but, yeah. right got a close look right, right yeah. Yeah. we've got a music
1: parody for you called Things with Wings this game is inspired by two things associated with Phoenix number one the mythical bird that rose from the ashes and number two the 1980s band Mr. Mister Jonathan Colton tell us more
2: Well, we rewrote Mr. Mr.'s hit song, Broken Wings, to be about things with wings. (laughs) Just buzz in and guess what I'm singing about, and keep in mind the word wings has many definitions, he said mysteriously.
1: Heads up, always pads will never be an answer, okay? (laughs) Shoshana, you won the last game, so you win this, and you go right to the final round. Freya, you need to win this or you'll have to change your name to Mrs. Mrs.
5: (laughs) Here we go.
2: Baby, don't understand Why folks just wanna talk About my first band, oh Big hits Like silly love songs for one And also Band on the run, live and let die That was I Shoshana? Paul McCartney. You got it. Take this
7: pee-filled cup
2: Think it's a kidney stone So I've got pain to spare Dr. Gray, stop hooking up I know Mick Dream is cute, but I came here for care, Whoa.
7: Gray's Anatomy?
2: Gray's Anatomy, we're looking for the name of the
7: house. Oh um Well what part they change of- it to Sloan Grey Memorial. I watch too much of this show if I even got that yeah, far. There's too
5: many names. I can't, you can't even pick one. We'll give that to you. We're looking for either Seattle Grace or Grace Sloan Memorial Hospital.
7: Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks.
5: <laughs> She's like,
2: that's what I said. Yeah. Baby, don't look at me. I'm a great old one, so it'll make you crazy. Oh, Baby, as you have read You will worship me and My octopus-like head Like Lovecraft said
8: Freya? It's either Sethulu or Medusa.
2: <laughs> you have to give me one answer, I'm afraid. I mean, Sethulu?: Yes, that's correct. <laughs> Cthulhu. So take a bedrock flight, ride in this hollow log strapped upon my back. Technically, it isn't right to call me dinosaur. So tell those movie hacks, yeah, yeah. Freya. A pterodactyl. That's right, pterodactyl, or technically pterosaur. Technically not a dinosaur. And
1: why is that again?
2: It's Boring Reasons. Yeah.
1: <laughs> okay.
2: Lindy, he took a chance. He flew me all by himself. From New York to France. Red-eye flight. Up all night. Freya.
8: This could go horribly wrong. Enola Gay. Yeah, see? Horribly wrong. No.
2: I'm sorry, that's incorrect. Do you know the answer, Shoshana?
7: The Spirit of St. Louis? Yeah, you do. How many famous planes? The only airplane name name I know. The
2: only name of an airplane you could think of, yeah. Charles Lindbergh's plane. This is your last clue. Take these snow-white wings If you want to fly Just take a ride on me Where I touch ground My hooves make springs I am the coolest horse In Greek mythology Freya Pegasus Oh yeah, Pegasus
5: Art Chung, how did they do? Well, it's a tie So, (laughs) hands on your buzzers Enterprise, Discovery, and Atlantis Were this type of NASA spacecraft Freya Space shuttle That is correct Congratulations, Freya. You've tied it up one game apiece, so we're going to a quick game three. I'm going to give you a category, and you'll go back and forth, naming things that fall in that category. The first contestant to MESA will be eliminated. Here's your category. Name the ten countries that start with the letter N, as in Nancy, in English. Shoshana. Nigeria. Nigeria is correct. Freya. Oh, Netherlands. Netherlands is correct. Shoshana. Nepal. Correct. Freya.
7: New Zealand.
5: Correct. Shoshana.
7: Northern Ireland. (laughs) Contentious.
5: (laughs) I'm sorry, that is not technically a country. The other countries were Namibia, Nauru, Niger, North Korea, and Norway. Shoshana, I'm sorry, we have to say goodbye. Freya, you're headed to the final round.
1: While Cole and Freya get ready for the final round, it's time for us to play a game. This is Mystery Guest. A stranger is about to come on stage. Jonathan and I have no idea who this person is or what makes them special, but our puzzle crew Art Chung, does.
5: That's right, Afira, You and Jonathan will work together as a team to figure out our mystery guest secret by asking yes or no questions. Mystery Guest, please introduce yourself.
4: Hi, my name is Stacey Gordon, and I have an interesting job.
5: That's all you get. What? Uh- Ophira, you asked the first question. Okay,
4: does your job involve
1: dealing with people that are alive? I say this because I've dealt with a lot of mystery guests at this point. Um, Yes?
2: Does your job involve you performing in some way?
1: Yes. Does your job involve you singing? Yes.
2: Are you a singer?
1: It's like record time for us. Seems like an obvious time. question.
2: <laughs> that's, not, that's not entirely the... No. No. <laughs> no.
1: It involves more than singing, I take it. Yes. Okay, does it also involve dancing? No. Why not?
5: You should think I would, about it. I a I lot would of people love down. dancing. Her, her job requires uh, a lot of use of her hands. Ah, are you a professional
2: jazz hands artist? <laughs>
4: That's uh, my side
1: job. <laughs> are, you a, are you a conductor? No. Are you using your hands in, in sign language? No. Are your hands manipulating puppets? Yes. Ah! Yes!
2: Are you a puppeteer?
1: Yes. Okay, then you must work on a show. Do you work on a television show?
4: Yes. Do
5: you work okay. on Sesame
2: Street? Yes! Yes! A yeah. puppeteer! Yes!
5: So Stacy is the puppeteer behind the newest Sesame Street Muppet, Julia. Julia is the first new Muppet on Sesame Street in ten years, and she's a four-year-old girl with autism.
9: Wow!
4: Did you grow up on Sesame Street? Um, no. I mean, I grew up watching Sesame yeah. Street. I didn't grow up physically on Sesame sure, Street. Sure, no. sure. <laughs> Don't. Okay. I want right. to make that very clear. No, it's not a real
2: street. It's but... an imaginary.
4: <laughs> no, it's a real street. Well, I mean, it's a. Fa- it's in Tempe. Yeah. Oh, okay.
1: But you watched the show as a kid.
4: Absolutely, yeah. Was
1: it always your dream?
4: Oh, yeah. When I was a little kid, I wanted to be a twiddle bug. Um, and then I was like, oh, you know what? I'm not a twiddle bug. Um, so then I wanted to be a kid on Sesame Street. Yeah. And then when I realized they were puppets and I could manipulate them, I just I wanted to be a butterfly. Yeah. I wanted to work one of those butterflies in sure. the background of a Burton and Ernie. Can you tell us what that entails,
1: being a Jim Henson school puppeteer? So a
4: Muppeteer is what we're called. You're trained in a very specific way. We use monitors so we can see what the camera sees. You see the opposite of what you're doing. So if I turn my hand to the left on the screen, it will turn to the right. So it messes with your brain a little bit.
5: One interesting fact is that Julia, the character, existed first online... And the Sesame Street producers wanted to bring Julia to the program. So can you talk about how a Phoenix puppeteer got the job?
4: Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So uh, I was actually friends with a couple of the Muppeteers who work on Sesame Street. And um, when Sesame Street was looking for a puppeteer for Julia, they specifically wanted a puppeteer with a strong connection to autism to bring authenticity to the character. And uh, Leslie Carrara Rudolph and Pam Arciero both knew me and knew that I have a son uh, on the autism spectrum, and they recommended me for the job. And what was the first day on the job like? <laughs> um, I had strep throat, <laughs> so that was exciting. Um, it, was, it was pure magic, really. Um, I couldn't have asked for a more supportive cast, a more supportive crew. I felt loved, and I felt accepted, just like every, just like you would imagine if you walk on Sesame Street, how <laughs> you would feel. Right. <laughs> and like walking into Hooper's store and being able to pick things up, and then, you know, our prop guy saying, don't pick that up. Um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> and have you just grabbed a butterfly here and there? And been I like...
4: did get to do a <laughs> butterfly. <laughs> Marty Robinson plays uh, Snuffleupagus and Telly Monster and Slimy the Worm, and he made sure that I got to be a butterfly. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Thank you for bringing
1: your great puppeteering skills to like the most beloved children's show of my past and people's present, and I'm sure the future. And for coming on our show, everyone, give it up for our mystery guest, Stacy Gordon. Now it's time to crown our big winner. Let's bring back our finalist, Cole Eskridge, whose motto is, less talk, more PowerPoint. And Freya Mehta, who's researching lab-grown meat. (laughs) Puzzleger Archung, take it away.
5: Thanks, Afira. Cole and Freya, in honor of our long flight from Brooklyn to Phoenix, your final round is called, Are We There Yet?, Every answer will contain something that sounds like a method of transportation. So for example, if I said, this astronomer was the original narrator of the science show Cosmos, you'd answer Carl Sagan, which has car in it. We're playing this round like a penalty shootout. You'll each get up to eight questions. The contestant who scores the most points will be our big winner. Your prize is an Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube signed by Penn Gillette. We rolled a virtual 20-sided die backstage, and Cole is going first. Here we go. Cole. Some regions prefer a hoagie or grinder, but most of America enjoys this large sandwich. A sub? A submarine sandwich? That's that's correct. (laughs) Freya. He's pictured in the 1889 painting, Self-Portrait with Bandaged Ear.
8: Van Gogh. That is
5: correct. (laughs) Cool. Liza Minnelli starred in the 1972 film version of this musical. Cabaret. That is correct. Freya. A 1987 comedy starring Cher and Nicolas Cage. Can I give you three seconds? I'm sorry, we were looking for a moonstruck. Truck. They really don't like that one. (laughs) Cole, it's a widely used brand of playing cards. Bicycle. That is correct. Freya, a popular family game using five dice and a cup. Three seconds.
8: Oh, man. Yeah, I don't know.
5: I'm sorry, we were looking for a Yahtzee. Which Yahtzee? Was... <laughs> <laughs> That's what you're supposed to say, yep. Cole, a backyard game in which you score three points for a ringer or one for a leaner? Horseshoe? That is correct. Freya, a modern term for a mom or dad who hovers over their children's every move. Helicopter parents. That is correct. We're at the halfway point. Cole is in the lead. Ford, two. Cole, it's a simple machine, also known as a ramp. Three seconds. A ramp? (laughs) (laughs) That is incorrect. We were looking for inclined plane. Freya, it's a popular sunscreen brand with a yellow logo.
8: A banana boat?
5: That is correct. (laughs) Cole, a palindromic travel booking website. Kayak? That is correct. Freya, an English singer songwriter who was the lead singer of Roxy Music. Three seconds. We were looking for Brian Ferry. Look him up. That's good. <laughs> the score is 5-3. to three. Cole, if you get this question right, you win. He's the Hollywood martial arts star from China who appeared in all three Expendables movies. Jackie Chan? No, I'm sorry. We were looking for Jet Li. All right, Freya, if you get one more question wrong, Cole will win the game. It's a long-running hip-hop and R&B music show hosted by Don Cornelius.
8: This is not the right answer, and I know it, but it has the word run in it, so I'm gonna run with it and run DMC. Clearly, not the correct answer.
5: <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sorry. The answer was Soul Train, which means Soul Cole, Train you're our winner.
1: <laughs> Congratulations, Cole! And that's our show. Ask Me Another's puzzle guru is Art Chung. Hey, my name anagrams to Narc Thug. Our house musician is Jonathan Colton. Thou jolt a cannon. Our puzzles were written by Eric Feinstein, Andrew Kane, and senior writers Kyle Beakley and Karen Lurie. Ask Me Another is produced by Mike Katzef, Travis Larchuk, Julia Melfi, Danny Shin, Ramel Wood, and our intern Toya Singh, along with Steve Nelson and Anya Grunman. We are recorded by Rick Kwan and Valvetone Recordings. Ask Me Another was created by Eric and jesse baker we'd like to thank the orpheum theater in phoenix arizona Here the truth poem KJZZ. jk and our production partner wnyc
5: yncw
1: i'm her right begonias olfira eisenberg and this was ask me another from the npr <inaudible> Thank you so much for listening, and did you catch the controversial ruling? There was a quick game three about countries that start with the letter N, and Shoshana was eliminated for saying Northern Ireland. So when this episode originally aired, we received a lot of letters in defense of Northern Ireland as a country. So we have Puzzle Guru Archung right here. To explain, what do you have to say for yourself?
5: Well, Ophira, while it's not a clear-cut case, I felt that Northern Ireland didn't have important attributes that most people would consider to define a country. Like, for example, it doesn't have its own military, foreign policy or embassies, trade agreements or social services. And all those things, it relies on the United Kingdom to provide them. And although Northern Ireland has a legislature, the U.K. Parliament retains sovereignty over it and could overrule any laws it passed. And more importantly, it's not recognized as a sovereign state by the United Nations. So in the end, all these things differentiated Northern Ireland for me from other political entities like Norway, Namibia, or Nicaragua. And while there certainly may be a point in the future when Northern Ireland achieves full independence, we're comfortable saying that right now it's not currently a country.
1: Well, they have a lot of enthusiastic supporters. Thanks to all of our listeners for writing in, and thanks, Art. Next time on Ask Me Another, we're joined by former U.S. Poet Laureate Rita Dove, And before she was winning Pulitzer Prizes and collecting honorary degrees, she was naming characters in her own comic books.
0: Well,
3: we had our typical superheroes, Jet Boy, Jet Girl, and their dog Jet (laughs) Zumino.
1: Join me, Ophira Eisenberg, on NPR's Hour of Puzzles, Word Games, and Trivia.
6: This message comes from NPR sponsor, the Schizophrenia and Psychosis Action Alliance, shattering barriers to treatment, survival, and recovery. People with schizophrenia can recover and thrive. More at WeCanThrive.org.
0: Support for NPR and the following message come from State Farm. As a State Farm agent and agency owner, Lakeisha Gaines understands the support small businesses need.
3: Every day we get the privilege of helping people to recover from the unexpected, realize their dreams, and help manage the risk of everyday life. And for small business owners, we help them to think about all the things that are necessary so that they can continue to run their businesses successfully without interruption. As a business owner myself, I first reflect back to the experiences that I have. So we look at their liability, we look at their retirement, we look at the interruption coverage, everything that they need in order to continue to operate efficiently.
0: Talk to your local agent about small business insurance from State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
3: Pro-Palestinian protests have popped up on college campuses across the country. But from the eyes of students, what are we missing? From the outside, these protests are painted as really violent when that couldn't be further from the truth. I'm Brittany Luce, host of NPR's It's Been a Minute, and I'm inviting you to hear from student journalists who see what the rest of us cannot on It's Been a Minute from NPR.